When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, footy tinder is what we like to do on a Wednesday night. We'll get to that shortly, but there's still plenty that's been making news through the course of the day, and I want to make sure you are 100% up to speed, Sporting Capital. Uh, looking forward to spending the next hour with you. Um, one three hundred seven three six seven three six to get involved at any point. This is your show. You are the designated co-host, uh, and I thank you for doing that. So please uh, feel free to give me a ring at any stage. Put anything on the agenda that you'd like. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll have a bit of fun with some footy tinder. This is where I'll throw up the biggest statements that have been made by some of the biggest names in the game. You swipe left if you disagree. You swipe right if you agree, uh, and you swipe up if you'd like to super like something. But you only get one of those. Otherwise, you have to start paying. Um, and when you have to start paying for Tinder, you know that, well, there's an issue. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll do that in just a moment. Teams are in for tomorrow night. Uh, you won't miss a moment of Port Adelaide and Melbourne uh, on SEN. In for Port Adelaide, uh, Zach Butters comes in. I think it's his first game since... I'll double-check that. I think it's around round two or three. Uh, Tom Cleary is back in. Riley Bonner's been omitted. Kane Farrell is out, uh, injured. Uh, that hyperextension that he suffered, it looked, yeah, it didn't look great uh, in that uh, win over the Hawks. And Martin Frederick, who was the injury sub that came on, he's been omitted. He'll probably come back in as an emergency as well. Uh, in for Melbourne. So I just want to play you what uh, Kane Corns uh, had to say during the week about Ben Brown. These fans, are your premiership spirits dampened? They're not really a chance to win it, are they? Unless they can find out a way to kick more than seven goals in a game. Scores of 68, 63 and 55 in the last three weeks is hardly convincing. Big name recruit, Ben Brown. You signed him for four years. You just have to play him this week. Uh, look, I'm not sure if that audio gets played uh, around Simon Goodwin's selection table, but that's exactly what's happened. So Ben Brown's out. And the man that... Uh, so Kane's actually picked this one pretty well, love him or hate him. Uh, he said that for Ben Brown to come in, uh, Tom Sparrow was one of the two names that he brought up as, as the out to make way for Ben Brown, and that's what's happened. Aaron Vandenberg, who was the medical sub, uh, has been dropped, but whether he comes back in as that uh, will be remain to be seen. Uh, so the AFL released a statement a little earlier as well for those who are keen to know that the Brisbane St Kilda game Saturday night will not be at the Gabba. It's going to be at Metricon Stadium, 7.25pm. So... Brisbane is still a red zone for Victorians, so that would have made things difficult coming back into Victoria. But uh, the same zonage classifications haven't been put on the Gold Coast, so Metricon is safe to attend. Uh, and for fans who want to go from Brisbane to the Gold Coast, you can actually do that. So 
Brisbane-St Kilda will be a Brisbane home game at Metricon Stadium. The Round 18 fixture has, uh, well, mostly been locked in. Fremantle Geelong up the stadium on Thursday night. Richmond and Brisbane Friday night at the MCG. Saturday has the Giants and the Swans. That venue to yet to be determined. Uh, Melbourne and Hawthorne at the MCG, 4.35pm. Gold Coast Bulldogs at Metricon, 4.35pm. St Kilda, Port Adelaide at Marvel on the Saturday night. The only Saturday night game. They're putting the afternoon 4.35 games up against each other of Melbourne and Hawthorne and Gold Coast and the Western Bulldogs. Can't wait for a day that we realise that that's not a smart thing, but I understand in these COVID times that just things have to happen, so I'll give it a leave pass for now, but I reckon it'll happen soon. I have faith in our game to understand that putting our own product in competition with itself is not a great thing. Uh, North Melbourne and Essendon at Marvel will be Sunday afternoon, one ten. Collingwood and Carlton at the MCG, 3.20. Uh, Adelaide and West Coast at the Adelaide Oval, 4.10. So that's uh, what we've got today. And the news that crowds will increase in Victoria, 75% uh, capped at 40,000. Another big story, Tom Libertore, uh, there was a bit of back and forth going on about his contract and certain reports and stories that the dogs weren't were only keen to offer a year. Well, they've agreed on a two-year extension. Uh, he's going to reject the free agency there, the 29-year-old. He's played every game this season, 24 disposals, nine clearances a game he's averaging, which is a league best. Uh, he's had more clearances than anyone in the competition this year. And when you look at their highlight reels, more often than not, a scoring chain, um, a, a clearance chain is so often started uh, with the man with the best tattoos in the industry. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. So Simon Goodwin, uh, we'll go through. We'll start with some of the audio of the day, just on some of the reaction that people have had across the day to the uh, Alistair Clarkson Sam Mitchell situation, which is still the number one thing that uh, people are keen to talk about tonight. By the way, before we get to that, the flag bearers for the opening ceremony of Tokyo are going to be named. So as soon as we know who they are, you will know. Um, there's been uh, a lot of speculation that uh, one of the hot favourites is Paddy Mills, so uh, that would be brilliant if Paddy Mills was able to be uh, the flag bearer, um, would be absolutely deserving uh, of that honour. Uh, in other basketball news, the... Tassie Jack Jumpers are on a bit of a signing spree at the moment. So Jared Bairstow, who's the, the brother of Cam Bairstow, who was playing with the Perth Wildcats this year, he's their latest signing. He joins uh, fellow Perth Wildcat Clint Steindl. Sam McDaniel from Melbourne United is heading there. And Jack McVeigh, uh, who was an Australian captain in, I think, under-19s or under-17s. So they've joined the Tassie Jack Jumpers. Rumours... Rumours they are at the moment are that uh, Will Magne might be another player that's uh, heading along. So that has been announced uh, that Paddy Mills and Kate Campbell, so uh, Australian basketballer, he's an NBA champion. Um, this is a man at the moment that the season finished, all he's been doing is posting photos of him uh, in the green and gold, getting ready for this onslaught uh, for the Boomers at the Tokyo Olympics. So Paddy Mills... And I'll find out how many Olympics he's been to in just a moment. But Paddy Mills and swimmer Kate Campbell will be the flag bearers uh, for the Tokyo Olympics. So that's uh, very exciting news. And congratulations to both of those uh, tremendous athletes and, and fantastic role models in, in their sport and in the general community. So uh, that's just coming to hand this evening. 
Alistair Clarkson, uh, of course, is the big story. Oh, by the way, State of Origin next week, uh, going to be moved to Newcastle for Game 3. So, McDonald Jones Stadium, July 14th. It's been shifted from Sydney uh, due to the COVID outbreak there. So, State of Origin Rugby League, that will be uh, next Wednesday. But let's just work our way through some of the response to uh, Alistair Clarkson from uh, the guys throughout the station today. Uh, we'll start with uh, David King and Sam Edmund filling in for... Uh, Gary and Tim on SEN Breakfast. What's the best... Oh, the best result for Hawthorne is one more year from Clarko, isn't it? Oh, for, for Sam Mitchell it is. Yeah. yeah. So, so is the best result for Alistair Clarkson one more year? So Clarkson's agreed to the handover. This is it. He, he didn't really have a choice because the Hawthorne board wouldn't reappoint him. He, he's agreed, but, but will he's he... He's got a choice to walk. Yeah, so, so he, that's my question. He's agreed, but will he adhere to the plan? Will he coach there next year? As I said, you've mentally perhaps moved on. Nothing there for him long term. He knows he's not wanted long term. Something looks appealing elsewhere. It could be hard for him to say no. And the key parties did dodge that question yesterday. But it's a different sort of handover. It, it still has separation because Sam would be at Box Hill next year. So it's not it's not like the others. It's not like two two heads, um, two two opinions butting heads in the coach's box game day. It's it's different, isn't it? Would you concede that? I'm not sure. I want to. There's some separation between the two of them. Yeah, but he'll still be involved in a lot of the list management decisions, and he has to be. In the car, a cool, clear light of day, their yep. conversations during the week. I think those things can be protected. Isn't it amazing? Because when the Buckley decision was made, we all said, hey, what's this going to do to the coaching landscape? Does it, does it force change? Does it challenge everyone to get on their bike? And clearly it does. And this is why Collingwood did what they did. They've put themselves out there. Nathan Buckley agreed to, to, to part company quickly and, and allow them some clear air um, for both parties, for both Nathan's own coaching going forward, but to get Collingwood in a position where they could be organised if something like this come about. David King and Sam Edmund, uh, SEN Breakfast this morning, Kane Corns filling in for Jared Waitley uh, on mornings. For me, the biggest winner out of all of this, and it was a shock, it truly was, is Collingwood and perhaps Carlton. The Magpies, who were seriously considering the untried Mitchell, now might just have one hand on the best coach in the modern era. Does anyone seriously believe that Clarkson is all in at Hawthorne in a babysitting role for 12 months when the biggest, most lucrative and high-profile job in the AFL is vacant right now? I don't. Hawthorne have taken one of the biggest gambles in club history. So get this, when you think about it, they are moving on, perhaps the best coach in AFL history, four-time premiership winning coach who at 52 years of age is still hungry and in his coaching prime for an untried coach. Yesterday, Clarkson revealed that Collingwood moving on from Nathan Buckley after round 13 forced its hand. The club had no choice. It was Mitchell or Clarkson. Stunningly for me, Mitchell won. If Eddie Maguire was still president at Collingwood, he wouldn't take no for an answer. I reckon Clarkson coaches Collingwood next year. And I imagine Pies footy boss Graham Wright was on the phone yesterday afternoon sounding out his old Hawthorne colleague. What a start it would be for Wright if he could strike a deal. Now, if Collingwood somehow failed to get this deal done for Clarkson, Carlton must. And with respect to David Teague, he cannot compete with Clarkson now that he is available. I hear the links to Gold Coast as well, the AFL money, the connection with Mark Evans, the exciting young list. 
But why would Clarkson want to coach Gold Coast when he can stay in Victoria and take his pick of Collingwood or Carlton? Imagine what it would do for his legacy if he produced a premiership at either club. It is one of the biggest gambles Hawthorne has ever taken. They have just handed one of its rivals the best coach in the league, perhaps the best coach ever. And I can't believe they were brave enough to do it. Kane Corns on SEN today. He also spoke to Rodney Eads, a former Hawthorne Western Bulldogs and uh, former Hawthorne uh, Western Bulldogs, Gold Coast, uh, Sydney coach. Uh, Rocket spoke about the handover. Well, I think you're asking that these two, I can't see it working as we no. been together. Uh, uh, Alistair, we know, is very, you know, Dunstall's even said, no, stubborn, single minded. Um, and I think Sam Mitchell's the same. So they, it was interesting to me, and I, I don't know what I'm reading into. I read the, saw the press conference So Sam didn't mention Alistair once. Mm. So for me, putting two and two together, I'm maybe getting five, they're going to butt heads. Mm. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing sure. So, and not where the one's going to stand down. So I, I don't think it's going to work. He'll either have a year off and go with Hawthorne's blessing and whatever, or he'll coach next year. I, I can't see the two of them working together as a succession plan. I did go back and have a look, and, and I did see Sam Mitchell mention at one point, he said, I'll get to spend the next year learning more under Clarko. So they did reference each other uh, a couple of times in that. I probably wasn't seeing it the same way Rocket was seeing it. I went back today and had a look, and I, I couldn't really see what, what he was looking at there, but that's not to discount uh, his view of it. Uh, he also th- spoke about whether he thought that Clarko would jump at the Collingwood job. But knowing Alistair, I haven't been here for a long time, but he wouldn't jump just for the sake of jumping just because it's Collingwood either. Um, I'd have to know what their future was and where the mm. list was like. A list to me is better, I hate talking about Carlton, but that's well, obviously been in the news all the time because of the review they're having. That's probably got a, more, a better list for the next four or five, three, four or five years. So does that sell a vision? So what drives him? Is it a success, which I think it would be. Um, there's going to be other teams around as well. The ones we haven't heard. All the, the history always shows that whoever's favourite, whether for a coaching job or now Collingwood's favourite, never works out. Mm. It's something else. There'll be curveballs coming out left, right and centre now. There'll be clubs going back, OK, there'll be pull the pin on someone who's got a year to go, but, well, this is what we need to do. Uh, interesting, isn't it? Rocket Eats saying, no, there'll be a couple of other clubs that are going to emerge, and, and at the end of next year, there's eight coaches that come out of contract. And when it comes to the Collingwood, when it comes to the Collingwood job... Yeah, I, I, I'm not 100% sure that, that, that Clarko would jump at it just at the moment, given the uncertainty around the board and a few other things of the of that ilk and, and the where they're at finding themselves at the moment. And does he want to go into another rebuild? Because that's what's confronting him at Collingwood if he was to take that job. So, look, I've got no information on that, but it, I just can't quite see that either. Speaking of Collingwood, uh, former coach, premiership coach, Mitch Mol- Mick Moldhouse spoke on Channel 9 uh, about the situation that unfolded yesterday with uh, Clarko and Sam Mitchell and the role that Collingwood played uh, in that. And this is what he had to say. The way I see it is two uh, presidents panicked, not wanting to lose uh, former champions. I meet with my player group uh, not, not all of them, but a, a fair percentage of them regularly and that's all they talk about is, uh, but it's, it's, it's gone. You know, you, you've got to let go of it. 
So that was Mick Malthouse. Oh, sorry, that, that's oh, let me reset that. That was Mick Malthouse being asked about his succession plan. So I'll just play that to you again. I thought that was about Alistair Clarkson. There is a grab here about Clarkson. This is Mick Malthouse speaking about the succession plan at Collingwood and how he'd unfolded. The way I see it is two uh, presidents' panics, one not wanting to lose uh, former champions. I meet with my player group, uh, not, not all of them, but a, a fair percentage of them regularly, and that's all they talk about. Is, uh, but it's, it's, it's gone. You know, you, you've got to let go of it. I'll have a third crack at setting that up. That was him talking about his succession plan and this succession plan. Third time's a charm. So him saying that Eddie Maguire and Jeff Kennett both panicked and this is the situation that Collingwood found themselves in because Eddie panicked and this is the situation that Hawthorne find themselves in because Eddie panicked. He spoke about Mick Mulhouse, uh, spoke about Alistair Clarkson. He'd be feeling the pinch, make no mistake about it. We're all human. Um, I, I think... The other forgotten one, outside of the players, the forgotten ones are the families. His family would be really stress-free. You've got to take a backward step. The new bloke comes in, he takes that step, and he becomes part of that election process more than you do. So you tend to get bypassed, and, that, and that's, that's very, very difficult. So interesting views from Mick Mouldhouse, who's lived this. Uh, Eddie Maguire responded on Channel 9, and that audio was courtesy of Channel 9. He responded to what Mick Mouldhouse had to say, that it was two presidents panicking then. Uh, it was two presidents panicking, one then with him and one now with Alistair Clarkson. Uh, that's not... It had nothing to do with Nathan Buckley. The whole secession plan at Collingwood was based on Mick Malthouse. The only uh, discussions that were held were between me personally and Peter Sidwell, Mick's manager. Mick then spoke... Uh, uh, Peter Sidwell then spoke to Mick and came back and said, this is something we should do. Don't forget, Mick was given a five-year contract, two as a coach and three more to stay on. We weren't looking to push Mick out. We were looking to maximise Mick as his longevity and his uh, the pressures around him and all the other things that were going on were there. So whether, whether or not, and no matter who it is that you agree with, this, is, this audio tells you of how it can go so, so wrong. This is what that, from what Mick says and what Eddie is now saying. So two people who live through the same thing with a very different interpretation of what happened and very different memories of what unfolded. So that's the example of when it goes wrong. And this is what Hawthorne are desperately hoping uh, to avoid. Going to get to Mark in just a moment, Mark. Uh, Shane Crawford was uh, on today as well. Uh, Hawthorne, great Brownlow medalist uh, and part of the 2008 uh, Premiership win. Um, this is what he had to say uh, about uh, Sam Mitchell assuming the coaching. The great thing about Sam, he's brutally honest. So... You know, as a player, you want to know exactly where you stand. Mm. But in saying that, he's definitely got a softer side to him. Um, you know, probably over the last five or six years where he's, he's softened up a bit. So a bit more caring. And a lot of people go, oh, well, he's coaching Box Hill. And, um, you know, that doesn't really get you ready to take on a, an AFL side. But the, the whole reasoning with him going and, and taking charge of Box Hill was... When you go to these smaller organisations, you're involved in everything, you know, mm. whether it's corporate support, whether or not it's, you know, the player management, recruiting, whether or not it's doing the sausage sizzles. You are pretty much in charge of every area. So, if anything, it gets you ready to go into an AFL football club because, obviously, once you get to that level, you, um, you have all the support, 
you know, you only have to focus on how you can get the best out of the players and and making sure, you know, the, the list is developing the whole time. So that's just the response throughout the course of the day from many and very different views and some of the biggest names in the game. Mark and Q, stay right there. I want to get your view on this. And then we'll hear from Simon Goodwin speaking about the Ds, their scoring, Ben Brown as well, but him also talking about the succession plan of he and Paul Ruse. I played you John Longmire before saying how great it was and how he still treasures that experience and he's grateful for it, being able to go through a handover and a succession plan with Paul Ruse. We'll hear from Simon Goodwin as well. Darcy Parrish spoke to the station today on with Bob and Andy uh, and I'll play what he had to say on a range of different things and I'll hear the reaction from Paddy Mills and Kate Campbell about their appointment as flag bearers for the Australian Olympic team at Tokyo. 23rd of July the opening ceremony is where they will be bearing the flag and you will be well served here on SEM. We are the official radio broadcaster of the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. Yeah, look, I can only speak from my personal experience, um, you know, going through a succession plan. And I was really lucky and fortunate to have Paul um, as a senior coach. And it was at a time when the club, um, you know, was probably at its bottom, you know, and there wasn't a lot of expectation on the club. And, you know, it enabled us as a group of people, you know, Paul, myself and a whole range of different people to, to come up with a plan about how we're going to build our footy club back. And it gave me some time to, to understand the footy club, understand our playing group and understand the best way to, to drive this footy club moving forward. And I was really fortunate with the relationship that I had, um, the guidance that he gave in those few years. And, um, you know, the transition was really smooth. So... Um, from my perspective, it was uh, certainly something that worked really well for our footy club, but I can't really talk about other footy clubs and the dynamics and relationships and how those things work. That's purely up to, to those clubs and those individuals. Deeds coach Simon Goodwin speaking about his experience of a succession plan that he went through with Paul Ruse at the Dees. Interesting, we just got this text. Uh, there is only one club... There is only one club that the will go to who has the list locked down on the rise and a coach who is under on thin ice if they don't make an impact in September. The Demons, Clarkson will be at the D's, lace out from Taylor's Hill. Thank you very much. Off the temper text, temper a mattress like no other, 0433 More from Simon Goodwin in just a moment. But Mark and Q's been waiting ever so patiently and I'm incredibly grateful to you, Mark. Hello. Hi, g'day, fellas. Um, just on... The uh, Clarkson issue. I mean, Kenneth's obviously made this decision. I, I actually don't think it is a good decision, but he's based it on the fact that it's it's now six seasons that Hawthorne won't have won a final in. I just reckon he's gone early on this because he sees Hawthorne still in rebuild mode under Clarkson next year, and he's thinking that'll be seven years that they won't have made a final. I reckon I reckon it's a bad decision because, quite frankly, Collingwood or Carlton and there will be other joining the queue, they would easily give Clarkson a five-year deal. Now, he's only got one year left at the Hawks, but either Collingwood or Carlton, and there could be other suitors, would clearly give this man $1.2 million a year for five years. I mean, it's a poor decision. He is currently one of the great coaches. He's currently one of the great coaches. I know he hasn't had... They haven't won a final. This will be the sixth season they haven't won a final. But his record 
is pretty damn good. This will be a big mistake if they let him go to Collingwood because all the, the, the intellectual property that he has in his head will certainly help rebuild Collingwood if, if they allow him to go there because they will give him a five-year contract. Nothing is surer. Yeah, I um I don't know if he goes to Collingwood, but I certainly agree with you that that the teams are going to come very hard. They're, and as I said before, Mark, there isn't a single team in the competition. I, I don't like, there'll be people that say absolutely not, but there isn't a single team right now in the competition where they're not even they're not asking themselves the question: Should we be having a chat to him about something? It might not be the senior coach's role, but it could be a role at their football club. Uh, and there'll be every media organisation doing the same thing, and I'm sure there's plenty of other organisations that are doing the same thing. I, I, when it comes to Jeff Kennett, I, I've this, and I had a mate of mine tell me on Friday night that he thinks that this was going to happen this week. Um, he lives down in Inverloch, so I've got no way of knowing if he had any mail, but he goes, I think this will happen. I think that Clarkson and Sam Mitchell will be a succession plan that will be announced, and he tipped this. So well done to you, Guy. Um, when it comes to Jeff Kennett, I, I've, I've never been convinced that... He, I've always held the belief every time I hear him speak about Alistair Clarkson that he doesn't want to extend Alistair Clarkson's contract. That's not a criticism of Jeff. That's just how I've experienced every time he's been asked the question about Alistair Clarkson. And to continue to come back to, well, if it's a five-year contract, that'll mean he's been there for 23 years. And if it's a 10-year, then he'll be there for 28 years. I'm not sure why that matters as much. I mean, he's Clarko's shown why he's... He's he evolves. I mean, this is a guy now that brings out his guitar to sing to his team, which he wouldn't have done at the very start. And Brad Sewell spoke about that last night. SEN.com.au if you want to hear the full chat. He's he does evolve. He is green and growing. He he his message. You know, he he reinvigorates the message. He he rejigs game plan. He he does move and evolve. So I. I don't. I think it's easy to point to that and go, well, that's why, because you just shouldn't be at a place for too long. You certainly shouldn't if it's failing. And maybe they believe that Clarko got too much of his own way with the list and, and the way in which he wanted to go with the list didn't quite work out. I know that he and Graham Wright used to bump, uh, you know, butt heads about that. That's been widely reported. So maybe they felt like, well, maybe the direction you wanted to go on didn't work and now we want a new direction. But you can make decisions that don't work and then re you can pivot and change. I mean, they did that within a season. They changed their game plan after being beaten by West Coast uh, in that first final in 2015 and then beat them in the grand final. So, yeah, again, I'm still juggling with it, Mark. I'm still not 100% where I sit on it, and it's no disrespect to Sam Mitchell because I absolutely agree with every single person that I've spoken to on the show, off the show, who knows him and tells me he is born to be a coach. He, Brad Sewell said last night, he was he was starting this journey to be a coach in the last sort of four years of his playing career. So he's been building up to this for a long time. I've got no doubt that he's going to be a, a very good coach. But I'm still juggling with, is this the right decision? And I do think there's a bit of legacy to it with Jeff. I do think it's it's going to be a nice little bow that he can put around his tenure to say when he farewells, well, I've... I'll leave you with this, and it's Dingley, and it's the AFLW, and it's the new coach. Off I go, right off into the sunset. But, um, yeah, it's – again, I still don't know if it's the, the right call, and, and only time uh, will tell. But thank you so much for the call, Mark. I really appreciate it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 
We are going to talk about other things. Footy Tinder, if you want to play, get swiping. I've got a heap to put on the agenda. But I did promise you Simon Goodwin, Darcy Parrish, I will deliver on the other side of this. Big game for Melbourne against Port Adelaide. So we'll hear from the Melbourne coach. They're under a bit of pressure at the moment. The Ds, uh, they've lost three. They've lost some games this year that they really shouldn't have against teams that are far lower than them. And there's a an old issue just rearing its head again, and that's being able to convert and their effectiveness inside 50 because that's been dropping at a rapid, rapid rate of knots over the last few weeks. So we'll hear what Simon Goodwin had to say about this on the other side of the break. We know the way we defend, we don't have to kick really big scores, but we need to score more than 55. So but we've looked at you know, how we're going to you know, fix some of those things. We certainly need to win more clearance and stoppage. We need to move the ball a little bit more effectively, especially inside 50. And we certainly need to look at our method and personnel. So, you know, Ben Brown will come into the team. Um, you know, he's ready to go. He's put a big block of form together and uh, we're looking forward to getting him in. Melbourne coach Simon Goodwin there talking about the D scoring woes, just averaging eight goals per game over the last few weeks. Their efficiency inside 50 is on the wane. Their tackles inside 50 uh, are on the wane. And there's a few other stats in that area and maybe not getting the turnovers in their fourth half that they once were as well. Um, so still, you know... It, almost without peer defensively, um, but there is just this issue going inside Ford 50. And is Ben Brown the saviour for that? Is he the missing link? He addressed Ben Brown uh, and, and on why he was brought back into the side at the expense of Tom Sparrow. Oh, look, he's put together a really good block of form. There's no question about that. You know, last week he was on really limited minutes. We knew we had a five-day break. We wanted to make sure he was cherry ripe, and we thought this game would be a, a prime opportunity. And I think when you reflect on last week's game, you know, kicking 55 points just uh, just isn't enough. Um, we need to keep defending them while we're doing, but we need to actually kick a bit more of a winning score. So, you know, Ben provides this great option. Um, you know, he's an experienced player that's a proven goal kicker, so he'll come in. So the D's uh, take on Port Adelaide over there tomorrow night, Thursday night footy. Absolutely looking forward to that. In for Port Adelaide, Zach Butters, Tom Cleary, out Riley Bonner, Kane Farrell, Martin Frederick was the injury sub. Uh, so Ben Brown in, Tom Sparrow out, Aaron Vandenberg was the injury sub from last week as well. Hey, if you'd wanted to play footy Tinder, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. I do have some rippers here. Uh, we've just gone a little bit over time on some other issues, but if you wanted to get swiping today, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Just before I get to Chris from Campbell, these are the issues that you can swipe on. Jack Rewald saying it's not journalist's job to write about. Uh, people's personal lives in light of Carolyn Wilson during the week. I'll explain more about that later. Jake Stringer would be a fool to leave Essendon, uh, says David King. Rodney Eade says he cannot see the succession plan working with Alistair Clarkson and Sam Mitchell. Jason Dunstall says he doesn't think that it would work either. Matty Lloyd has said that Collingwood are becoming unwatchable and one of the most boring sides in the game to watch. And Dwayne Russell echoed that, saying that they are the worst-performed team. Uh, Lee Matthews saying Clarko has no obligation, no moral obligation to fulfil his contract. Adam Cooney saying that there needs to be an overhaul of the holding the ball, and he also gave his view on player salaries and whether they should be made public. Wayne Carey says Dusty should be played, paid four to $5 million a year out of a $13 to $14 million salary cap. Steve Hawking saying the biggest issue that the game still confronts is the movement of the Sharon. And Justin Lepich saying that Steve Hocking has done a good job in his time as footy boss of the AFL. So those are all on the agenda if you wanted to do some footy tinder and get swiping. Chris is in Camberwell. Good day, Chris. 
Oh, good day. Look, thank you for taking my call. I'll give you a reason why I think Goodman is in serious trouble. He definitely, I'm also a financial uh, member of Melbourne, and I will tell you this, I've been talking with friends on the telephone, there's a quiet ear that Goodman has to win a finals game to hold the job. Um, and that's from MCC, friends of mine that are very involved in Melbourne, I can tell you. And the first thing I will tell you is that I believe that Clarkson would be a good fill-in until uh, Jordan Lewis is ready. My personal opinion is that uh, Goodwin would be a good fit for Adelaide. Uh, where he was a match winner up there for Adelaide and I, I've always thought he'd go back to Adelaide and, and it would be a great opportunity uh, to train uh, Lewis and Uze. They've all played under Clarkson and bring Ruffhead across from St Kilda as well. And Melbourne is, it would be a real challenge to Clarkson because not only did he play a few games for the club but it would put him into history because the club has not won a premiership uh, for over 57 years which is the worst of any league side in Melbourne and surely to God this would be a real opportunity what's your view and am I wrong um yeah I, I don't think Simon Goodwin's under as much pressure now as what he was at the start of the year I think he definitely is but when you fin when you're sitting second on the ladder Chris and every sign is pointing to improvement yes they've had a bad last three weeks they've got some issues that they need to correct with their scoring um, does he need to win a final to keep his job uh, I'll have to double check on how long he's contracted to um, I don't know if he's had a contract at the end of this year or next year I'll just double check that off the top of my head do you know when he's contracted to Chris Yes, next year. And next year. Well, I think he sees out his contract. So at the very least, he sees out his contract and then they would make a decision there on with, whether they think the upward trajectory is continuing and they're on the right path. I, I'd, I would be very surprised if a team sacked their coach um, after making finals and, and it would appear that Melbourne are going to make top four. So... Um, as for the Hawthorne Dream Team reunion at Melbourne, I'm not sure if Jordan Lewis wants to be a senior coach. He's doing very well in the media. I think he enjoys his consulting coaching that he's doing. I don't think he has aspirations, and I'm not going to speak for him, but I'd, I wasn't led to believe or I wasn't aware that he had senior coaching intentions. I certainly think Adam Uze does, and I think that he will end up being a senior coach. He's come with rave reviews for the work he did at Hawthorne and um, he's been one of the main reasons why Melbourne have actually been able to get better at their efficiency going inside Ford 50 this year. You, you would admit that over the whole year they've absolutely improved on the last couple, take out the last three weeks, of course. Um, and would Jared Roughhead head over? I mean, it's all sort of speculation and would Simon Goodwin go back to Adelaide? I don't think that... To answer your question, Chris, I don't think that Simon Goodwin's under as much pressure as you do, if they weren't in the position that they're in now and they're outside the eight and they finished outside the eight this year, I would absolutely agree with you that um, th that would be a concern. Um, and I was always curious whether uh, the former president, uh, from what we understood, was, was keen uh, on maybe Alistair Clarkson being the alternative back then. Uh, but I don't know. I, I wouldn't think that's the case now. Um, so I hope I've gone a little bit of ways to answering your question. I, I absolutely appreciate the call. Um, but I think for the first time in a long time, Melbourne are showing some consistency. You know, they're showing that they're heading in the right direction. Their players are playing 
a more selfless brand than this current crop has ever played. And they've all spoken about how important that is. And even Clayton Oliver speaking about the chat that he had with Simon Goodwin, where Simon Goodwin said, my, my, my challenge to you this year is to be a better teammate. To be able to block, to be able to do the things that aren't going to actually get you the ball, but they actually might help someone else in a better position to do it. And he took that on board, and he's having a career-best year. Petrarca's in career-best form. They're in a lull at the moment, but I back him to get out of it. I certainly do back him to get out of it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 A couple of people off the text agreeing with you, Chris, by the way. Alex says, has to win a final, maybe two. Um... So you, you've got some support there, mate, but thank you very much for the call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We can play some footy tinder if you want. The appetite may not be there for it. I'd love to, but I did promise you as well that we'd play you some Darcy Parish, which I'll do after this, and we'll hear from Paddy Mills and Kate Campbell, who were named flag bearers for the Australian Olympic team heading to Tokyo. Don't forget, SEN is your official broadcast partner of the Tokyo Olympics. So we will bring you all the action of that uh, and plenty more, because that's just what we do. Um, obviously, really stoked and pumped to get a new deal done with Essendon. Um, I can see, yeah, great excitement and the growth amongst the group. And um, I think Truck's doing a great job right from the top um, in just setting the standards and expectations amongst the group. And um, just been really enjoying my footy and um, enjoying the place. So um, it's great to get a deal done. Uh, that's Darcy Parrish speaking to Bob and Andy on SEN today, SEN.com.au to hear the full podcast. He uh, also spoke about uh, his current form. That was him talking about re-signing for another two years, uh, which will take him up to his free agency period. So I think that's a really smart move. Spoke about that last night. He's having a career best season. He gets two years and another two years to really continue on that form run. And then it'll be a matter of well, what's he worth on the open market and then you know, what's he worth to Essendon to keep? So um, I think that's really good. I think that's really smart. Back yourself in. Don't just try to lock yourself in for the massive long-term deal after one good season of footy. Uh, he spoke about uh, his solid form this year. I was feeling confident and I really wanted to uh, stamp my authority this year and um, obviously had a uh, reflection on last year and um, sat down and spoke with Truck and areas that needed to grow in and um, I think, yeah, just my fitness base obviously hit another level throughout the pre-season and, um, yeah, worked closely with a few boys throughout that season and then, um, yeah, just speaking to the likes of Truck and, and Karen, um, just being a lot smarter out there on the footy field and um, just using my tickets when I have to and, um, yeah, just using my brain a lot more, which is helping me. And he also spoke about the Jake Stringer contract situation. Yeah, well, um, I think he's probably the only main one is in his JG, so we'll be um, yeah, giving him a little tap on the shoulder. And, um, yeah, we'll be expecting him, I guess, in the back of his head. But, um, yeah, it's up to him at the end of the day, and um, I'm sure they'll work that out throughout the club and um, his management group, so that'll be good. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? David King spoke about the fact that he'd be mad to leave Essen at the moment given that they create a game plan to, to maximise on him and geez, you'd want to make sure that the club you're going to go to is going to do that for you because if they don't, then you're going to find it a lot harder. Um, they're clearly, they clearly love Jake Stringer. They clearly know what he does well and what he doesn't do well. Um, and and I, I would be really surprised if he doesn't re-sign there. Um, and I know that good managers hold out for more, but... Um, and, and try to get the best possible deal. But that's a very good offer. Three years when there's been issues with fitness and form in the past three years, 
And and if you have a good three years, you get more. But uh, I think he'd be mad as well. I couldn't agree more with David King on that one. Uh, Aaron Francis, we know, is taking some time away from the game uh, to deal with uh, some mental health um, issues uh, or concerns. And Darcy Parrish spoke about Aaron Francis today. Yeah, the main thing is just to still be there for him and um, help him support through this little tough time. But I think the the most pleasing thing for me was that Franga could actually speak up and um, tell the club that he was having a couple of issues, um, if it was personal or back home, um, whatever it was. It's, it's great that he could communicate with us and um, he could feel that level of trust, trust with us. And um, Yeah, he obviously had a little bit of time away, but um, he's come back in, in a real bubbly mindset and um, yeah, he's just fitted straight back in and um, it's like never, nothing's ever happened. So that's uh, Darcy Parrish and Aaron Francis. Uh, ben Rutten as well spoke today about Aaron Francis. Yeah, he's back and he's uh, he's looking good. He's uh, happy. Um, he won't play this week anyway, but it's uh, just about him building himself up now. Uh, yeah, we want Frank back for the rest of the year and, and performing at his best, so he won't play this week, though. Uh, so that's good news. Uh, good to see him back and uh, hope that he's getting the care and uh, and the support that, that he needs. And well done for putting his hand up and saying, I need some time. Um, the flag bearers for the Olympics have been uh, re- revealed tonight. Uh, Paddy Mills and Kate Campbell. This is what Paddy Mills had to say. Yeah, it's it's um, such a, an honour um, and a massive privilege uh, for me as a proud Gugara Nagyagal and Dawara Meriam man. Um, th- this is really special um, and just thankful for for all the support um, up until this moment. But um, yeah, it, it's something that I won't be able to to put into words. Uh, what I'm feeling right now. Uh, that was Paddy Mills, so clearly very, very proud of the honour that's been bestowed on him. Kate Campbell spoke as well, who's our other flag bearer. Oh, I think it's hard to put into words what this means and to receive uh, the flag from a legend like Dawn. She carried it at the closing ceremony at the Tokyo Olympics in 1964 and I just think that the symmetry and the poetry of that is just so wonderful. Um, brings a little tear to my eye. It is just such an honour and a privilege and I, I can't fully express that enough. Oh, look, it's right up there with amongst one of the you know greatest things that has happened to me. Um, it's one thing to to represent your country in a sport that you love and, and another thing to be able to represent your Olympians, uh, your fellow There we go, Kate Campbell and Paddy Mills. Paddy Mills becoming a, the first Indigenous athlete to ever be a flag bearer at the Olympics for the Australian Olympic team. So that is a, a fantastic moment and well-deserved and in NAIDOC week as well. A couple of texts to finish up on. Sam, why, do, why are clubs still so insistent on getting former greats to coach their sides. That's come through from Darren off the text, 0433981116 off the temper text. It's an interesting one, isn't it? When you look back, not since Ruiz and Warsfold won flags in 05 and 06 have the sort of prodigal son coach appointment has it borne fruit. So Buckley, unfortunately, no premiership. Voss didn't work. Heard didn't work. So that's another thing that's confronting Sam Mitchell, that history of the prodigal son. It was the norm back in the day, but um, we, we sort of went in another direction and it wasn't since 2005 and 2006 where prodigal son coaches have been premiership coaches when you look back over the last little while in history. So it's a good text that you bring up. And Sam, what if Clarkson stays and by some miracle Hawthorne win a grand final in 2022? That's from Carl in Box Hill. Carl, I don't think there's any way that Hawthorne can win a flag in 2022, but they may be really drastic improvers. They might be the big improvers of next year. And then, of course, the narrative will start. And this is 
one, one of the questions before that I have for Hawthorne, how are you going to control the jungle drums and, and all the circus that goes with this? And hopefully they've got a plan for that. Hey, just before we finish up, I'm away for a couple of weeks, so Jordan Canellis is going to be in the chair. Um, so treat him well. He's a good man. And the other thing, we had a few people asking is, Barry Cable last night dropped a bit of a statistical bombshell on us that in, after we'd been celebrating Sean Burgoyne's 400th game, he actually revealed that Lou Richards wrote an article back in 1979 when he played his 400th game, Waffle and VFL combined, and state games as well. Um, and unsure why he's not being recognised in the 400 club. So we've actually reached out to the AFL to get confirmation on that and get an official statement. We're still waiting to hear back, and I'm sure, given they've got a fair bit on their plate at the moment, I'm sure that when I come back in a couple of weeks, we'll be able to continue to follow that up because it was a fascinating insight uh, that he brought and a pretty big revelation. So uh, we'll look to follow that up. Have a great night. Driver's seat's up next. Uh, enjoy a couple of weeks without hearing the sound of my voice, and I'll be back to chat to you and can't wait to have a yarn with you when I return. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.